the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's Tim DeMoshio, a little bit after 4, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you had a wonderful weekend as we continue on into the week here. Forecast calling for. Uh, some sunshine as the afternoon fades away. Clear skies eventually tonight, low 33. Tomorrow, lots of sun. High 50. Flyers with a big win over Pittsburgh in overtime yesterday, 2-1. Sixers also a big win over Milwaukee, 130-125. to 125. Joel Embiid throwing down 40 points. Phil's lost to the Yankees, and they're losing at St. Louis this afternoon as well. In spring training action, the regular season just under a couple of weeks away. Looking forward to uh, handing out some free stuff during the program today. But before any of that, I want to bring in author Ed Setzer. He's uh, written this book called Christians in the Age of Outrage, How to Bring Our Best When the World is at Its Worst. Thanks for being on the show today, sir. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Christians in the Age of Outrage is the book. We're going to get into that in a second. You've had a, a wonderful life being blessed to do many great things, in, including writing tons of articles and working for uh, or with Christianity Today, I believe, and uh, written a bunch of books. So this is the latest. Is you've, you've done this a few times. I have done this a few times, I, but I like it. I like talking to people like you. <laughs> I like writing books. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I want to encourage people. That's what I love to do. I love it. Uh, let's just jump in on a broad level. The, uh, Christians in the Age of Outrage, How to Bring Our Best when the world is at its worst, you stinking no! Tell us about <laughs> what, what brought the book about, other than the well, obvious stuff need like for that. it. Yeah, stuff like that. You stinking so and so. Think about this. You know, it's funny when you write a book. It, it takes a while to get a book to press, right? So the publisher and you agree on the topic, and then it takes about a year to write it, or maybe I don't know. Some people are faster, nine months, and then maybe a year to go through the system so they can get it in catalogs and whatever. So I'm writing this right at the time of the 2016 election. And the uh, starting to write it. And I say to the publisher, are you sure people are still going to be outraged two years from now? And wow, how are they still outraged? So I'm basically trying to write it in a way that helps people think, help Christians think, what's the best way, what's the right way, what's the smart way and the God-honoring way to engage a very divided society uh, as, as Christians? And so that's what it's ultimately about. How do we, like you said... You, what are you doing? You know, how, do, how do we engage that world we live in? Yeah, well, the book uh, starts off in, a, in an interesting way. The uh, the whole Starbucks, uh, God, you know, Starbucks hates Christians. Uh, yeah, that was a fake. I mean, it's a whole fake controversy, so, right? So this this guy, this internet preacher, you know, I don't even know that what that is, gets on there and says Starbucks hates Jesus because they took Christmas off their cups. They never had Christmas on their cups. Now, listen, Howard Schultz, Starbucks. I'm pretty sure we're kind of on a different page on a whole lot of things. But we Christians, we don't need to be the ones who look like we're making up stuff and that we're easily fooled. And, and so, because no one wants to be a part of a movement that's filled with easily fooled, gullible, angry people. So we want to be people who are discerning or thinking in discerning, God-honoring ways how to engage culture, even when people do disagree with us, which I'm pretty sure me and the Starbucks president would disagree on a whole lot of things. But how can you build this, that common ground? And as you say in the opening, don't get outraged at things that don't matter. 
Yeah, and I think that's the thing, man. I tell you, look at social media. It looks like people have just gone crazy on social media. And sometimes I'll look at it, and there'll be this terrible comment on a, a Facebook post or something, and I'm thinking, what kind of person? And I'll click the link of their bio, and it says, Christian, sometimes pastor, you know. We'd never say things like this to one another face-to-face, but we've got a whole generation that's being discipled by their cable news choices and spiritually shaped by their social media feed, and it's driving them to conflict, not to Christ-honoring engagement. Christians in the Age of Outrage is the book. Ed Stetzer, our guest, checking in today. And uh, as I'm, as you're talking, I'm even thinking you're passionate, but you, you can tell you have a sense of humor about you, because you can also get pretty angry writing the book. You can, and, and it's interesting, because there are things in there that did bother me. I tried to I tried to keep giving examples where Christians have sort of broken through some of the, the you know, even, it's funny, because I did an interview earlier today, uh, and they were asking me about Chick-fil-A, you know, and how well Chick-fil-A is doing. And Chick-fil-A, you know, I mean, just remember how much controversy is around Chick-fil-A? It's chicken. It's just chicken. Yeah. And it's good chicken. I'm for it. <laughs> but, you know, what they did is, you know, they built relationships with people that disagreed with them. There's stories about that online. And they kept doing good chicken. And I think for all of us, let's build relationships with people who disagree with us and keep doing the right thing. And I think ultimately people will see Christians for who they are, followers of Jesus, changed by the gospel, who want to live on mission. And if you bring some waffle fries with you, it doesn't hurt. It never hurts. Now I'm hungry. You're killing me now. <laughs> well, the, you, the, you broke the book up into several parts. And, and the be, beginning part, a couple of reasons, because I'm thinking, why is there so much outrage? Is it just the nature of social media because... You're not standing two feet from the person, you, and you know the physical part of it isn't really there. Or what are the reasons? Would you say that, or at least a couple, that there is so much vitriol flying around? Yeah, well, I think the tech, I think technology is part of it because I think it's created echo chambers, and we have a whole uh, chapter in in Christians in the Age of Outrage that kind of deals with that, where you're only engaging with people who agree with you, and it's getting louder and louder, and soon you'll believe anything about people you disagree with because all your friends have posted it on Facebook. So I do think that's part of it. But I do think when it comes to Christian faith and living, I do think there's a cultural forking. You've come to a fork in the road. Yogi Berra said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Yeah. And cult- culture did. And most of the culture has sort of moved away from kind of Judeo-Christian beliefs. So that kind of puts those of us who hold some of those, and it's all different kinds of groups. It's not just people who go to my church, but people who have sincere beliefs are often religious. They now believe things that the culture sometimes finds offensive, when 30 years it was mainstream in the culture. So I think that cultural divide, and then combine that with social media, which turns the volume up to 11, I think those two things together are helping to amplify the anger. Ed Setzer is our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. The book is called Christians in the Age of Outrage, uh, How to Bring Our Best When the World is at Its Worst. You partly also then go into the book, Four Lies That Reinforce and Deepen Our World's Anger. Maybe talk about one or two of those or however many you like. Well, so I think part of it is is that people think their outrage is a righteous anger, right? So it's really very, very common where what we find is someone says, well, i got a right to say whatever I want. Well, you do have a right to say whatever you want as an American, but if you're a Christian, people just say, well, I'm just being frank. Well, if your name's not Frank, maybe yeah. you ought to quit being that. <laughs> and if your name's Frank, maybe, and you're a Christian, you want to still say, is this something that would honor the Lord? So, so we have a different standard, right? So people can throw whatever bombs they want to throw online who are not followers of Jesus. Followers of Jesus need to ask, what would honor the Lord in the midst of that? So I think saying everything's righteous anger. Listen, some of the stuff said online is just not righteous anger at all. And I think, too, a lot of people think another kind of lie we tell ourselves is politics is going to 
save us all. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm politically engaged. I write articles on political issues. But you know, as a Christian, you know, we don't believe Jesus is coming back on Air Force One. And when Jesus does come back, he's not riding an elephant or a donkey. And so I think for us to acknowledge that this, this kingdom and this king that we follow are not of this world, and we need to be careful not to be so uh, aligned and connected that people get confused where our values are. My first values, and the only person I think is 100% right all the time, is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Everyone else is going to make mistakes, and I'm going to say, man, that was unhelpful when they made a mistake. The great thing is Jesus doesn't make those mistakes. But if you pick him as your ultimate loyalty, good news. I've read the end of the book, Jesus Wins, so you're going to be going with the one ultimately who changes all things and makes all things new. Yeah, and maybe what you're saying here, and I know you talk about it in the book, uh, really look yourself in the mirror, because you can also have part of your popcorn and, and soda on the side and go scrolling through Facebook all day or whatever it is, is the decision to kind of size everyone else up and say, well, that's not me. I'm not, I don't feel that way. I'm not, I'm not like that. Uh, but maybe you are more than you think. And at minimum, double check and look yourself in the mirror. Like, really, is my life that... Uh, uh, how I represent and c- conduct myself online the same as offline. Exactly. And I think that's a key thing, because if we don't, keep in mind, too, that social media, there's literally thousands of people. I'm holding my phone in my hand. I know people can't see that, but there's literally thousands of people on the other side of this phone who are saying, let's keep Ed Stetzer on this social media platform. Do you ever, do you ever notice when you scroll on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, it never ends? It literally scrolls to the bottom of eternity. Yeah. Because they want to keep you there forever. Well, sometimes we need to get off that. Go meet a neighbor, go serve someone who's hurting, do something good for the cause of Christ. I think that's sometimes better than being caught into that social media trap. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. Well, Facebook was out the, you know, the other day, right? And Yeah, <laughs> work productivity went up 500%. Uh, yeah. People, the parents, parents talked to their children. It was, a, it, was a, it was a very exciting moment. It was a shining <laughs> moment in history. It does, it uh, yeah, was, yeah. Well, and there's scripture involved in some of the things you're saying, too. I'm thinking in Proverbs 12, it talks you know, a foolish person kind of reacts at once and uh, get, shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. And w- when you think of uh, if you're reading something online rather than reacting to what someone just wrote, maybe you just let it go, really. I mean, so great. Uh, so, great. You know? so those are some of the thoughts. I know, um, what are some ways you would think that believers can counteract the outrage in their lives? And I, I'll say this as a preface to that. We had a, a lunch at church last week, and a week ago, whatever it was, and um, we were in line. I was in with a friend. He's a godly guy, uh, but we were, he was like, you know what? He's like, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I'm like, why well, nice. not? I just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> I realized wow. I found myself getting bothered too much, and he, he decided yeah. at least, you know, he, maybe he'll be back. But he, he said, I just had I had to step away from it because I found myself – I didn't like what it was kind of bringing out in me a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good self-awareness too. I mean, for me, part of the antidote to online addiction is neighborly engagement. So that's – we have a whole chapter on – on how to, you know, not just engage people with electrons and avatars, but engage them with feet and faces. <laughs> and, I mean, there are ways and there should be ways and steps that we can ultimately be intentional. One of the ways we talk about it is just seeing ourselves as a kingdom ambassador in a foreign land. So if I'm asking, all right, by this click or by this engagement, how would I represent Jesus? I think it does change how we think about engagement just in general. Yeah. Ed Stetzer, author of Christians in the Age of Outrage, How to Bring Our Best When the World is at Its Worst. Looking forward to continuing our conversation here in just a moment. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Listening to The Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in today. 
You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 416, The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, we are joined by author Ed Stetzer, who's written this book, Christians in the Age of Outrage, How to Bring Our Best When the World is at Its Worst. Uh, Ed holds the Billy Graham Distinguished Chair for Church, Mission, and Evangelism at Wheaton College. He's also the Executive Director of the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton and the Executive Editor, of, editor I should say, of the Gospel Project uh, and uh, a lot of other things. A contributing editor for Christianity Today. Today we have more in context of this new book, Christians in the Age of Outrage, How to Bring Our Best When the World is at Its Worst. And I wanted to ask you, one of the things, uh, Facebook's the main platform I tend to be on. I have a couple others, but that's the one I tend to be on. And sometimes it feels as though, uh, whether it's Facebook or something else, that a person can feel like they have to say something just because something's out there that's you know, wrong or it'd be good to be corrected. But the truth is the world's full of those kinds of things. You know, would you suggest perhaps just learning how to let some stuff go? You don't have to comment on everything. Your opinion matters. But, you know, if you don't say it, the world's going to keep spinning. Maybe just quietly loving people is the way to go, if that makes sense. For sure. And I think that's, you know, there's a, there's a very famous book uh, that's written by a guy who talks about to change the world, James Davidson Hunter. And he says the key is what is called faithful presence. And I think for all of us is to be faithfully present with our neighbors and our coworkers and to be the one who shows and shares the love of Jesus, I think ultimately makes the difference. I'd also too there there's a in the book I mentioned a Saturday Night Live parody. And in there, you know, they, they actually have this thing, I think it's Jeff. It's thank you, Jeff. No, thank you, Scott. That's what it is. And basically they're all singing, Thank you, Scott, you posted on social media and made such a difference and yeah, and it's all kind of a spoof because doesn't really make that much of a difference. I don't have to, and maybe I even shouldn't, comment on everything. It's just not necessary. Yet, we kind of maybe have a diluted self-sense of our importance. You know, it was not that long ago when everybody was commenting on the uh, Supreme Court hearings, you know, kind of after, you know, after the, the accusations came forward against now Justice Kavanaugh and more. And I just wrote something. I said, you know, you don't have to state an opinion on this. What you can say is, is that I'm concerned that there is indeed sexual assault and more, and that bothers and bothers me, and I want people to be heard who say that. And you can simultaneously say that I think this person could and should be a good Supreme Court person. You don't have to weigh in. You know why? Because you don't get a vote in the Senate. The voters in the Senate, the senators, they gotta, they got to stake a public position. For the rest of us, particularly as pastors, I said, for pastors, you don't need to have a public position on this vote. You need to make sure that the women in your church know you're going to listen to them if they come to you with a concern. And you need to also know that you want justice and unfair allegations to be rebutted, but you don't have to vote on this one thing. And it's okay not to weigh in. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Ed Stetzer, author of Christians in the Age of Outrage, How to Bring Our Best When the World is at Its Worst. I wonder how much of the outrage and or commenting on things does have to do with a sense of uh, over over sense of how much you know your opinion actually matters. It matters because you're made in God's image, and you matter. Everybody matters because you're made in God's image. But the, your opinion's not the be all end all. It's not. It's you know. I'd much rather say, what did I do with my life? I've even thought about a format in radio called Do Radio, not Talk Radio. Tell ah, me, ah, you know, I love that. Right? I'm well. I'm pro life. Okay, 
so what does that mean? I voted for so-and-so. Okay. Now, what did you do with the other thousands of hours in a year? I, I yelled at people who didn't agree with me. Oh, okay, great. And then I voted that's, again. That's so good. That's so good. No, and I think that's exactly right. And I think for us to intentionally say, you know, for example, pro-life, the issue I deeply care about, spoke at the Chicago March for Life. I, I care about these issues for sure. But I'm also engaged with helping CareNet. You know, we're providing uh, abortion alternatives and help for women in difficult situations. Yeah. I think it's easier to uh, bloviate than it is actually to step in and do something. And I think people need to realize God doesn't uh, need you to defend his reputation. And I think that you can and will see that when you, uh, when you focus on, on how you can be more like Christ yourself and then engage people as Christ would, that the rest of those things will take care of themselves. Yeah. Christians in the Age of Outrage is the book. Ed Stetzer, our guest. So if you had a way or two or three of, of pointing people who are like, you know, they want to do the right thing, they want to be godly representatives, how would you challenge or encourage people to do that? Yeah, I think I would probably exhort them towards, first and foremost, uh, engaging in some spiritual discipline, taking out a Bible, slowing down, saying, Lord, how would you have me honor you today in my speech, in my engagement, in my online, online activity? I think that's key. Right now, everyone's just running and yelling, and, and I think ultimately that doesn't look like the disciples. That's not how <laughs> yeah. they functioned. You know, I mean, Jesus' life is largely going from one place of prayer to another and doing miracles and powerful things in the middle. So I think for us, we can and should do those kinds of things, do Christ-like kind of engagement. And when we do, I think we'll see the difference. It makes a difference. Yeah. Now, so, and obviously, you're not uh, anti-social media per se. Which, I, mean, I, I, I engage a lot on social media. I mean, I got, I got a Twitter, and I think I've got... I got Instagram, I got Facebook, I don't have Pinterest because I'm a guy, and I think that it's just women on Pinterest, I've noticed. So my wife takes care of the Pinterest in the house. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not anti that, I'm just a wise, I want people to use it wisely. How, so how do you just pick it, Pick any way, any single thing you may do that might be helpful for people to consider? Because it, in the, there can be a lot of good if it's done in a disciplined way. Yeah, I would, I would add one thing, you don't have to show up for every fight you're invited to. And I think that's, that's kind of key. So if someone says something online, you don't have to let it be. Go do something else. Then, but also what I would say is then ask the question online, you know, how can I calm, the, calm down the vitriol? How can I speak into some of the division in a way that glorifies the Lord and more? So I, I think those kinds of things are, are ultimately um, pretty obvious. But I would say, too, it's got to be more than online. I mean, if, if the totality of our witness is just online, then, I mean, I guess there are some people who could and should do that. I, I think that that, that that might be a place for that. However, I would say that for most of us, a lot of our engagement will be caring for people in our community. It'll be helping our neighbor. It'll be showing and sharing the love of Jesus in a broken and hurting world. Ed Stetzer, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com, author of the book Christians in the Age of Outrage, also done a lot of writing online. What have you learned over the years about how to engage the people that are reading your stuff and going back and forth about how to communicate? The person is more important than the point. And, and if you don't learn this, you're going to have a hard marriage, you're going to have a hard time in church, you're going to have a hard time with your neighbors, hmm. um, that I don't have to have someone agree with me and everything. I can still value them as a person. So the person being more important than the point was one of the most important things that I had to learn 
as a well, you know, as a young married guy, and I'm not young married guy anymore, but as and as a new pastor and more. So, so I think now again, it doesn't mean that the point doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that politics doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you know a hundred different things. They all can matter. It's just a question of how we communicate them and what is the primary thing that people identify us with. And I want the primary thing that people identify me with is Jesus. And when that's the case, I'm going to live my life differently than when it's something else. Ed Stetzer has been our guest. He's the author of Christians in the Age of Outrage, How to Bring Our Best When the World is at Its Worst. By the way, our producer, you probably would like Joe, because Joe is a Cubs fan. I don't know. I shouldn't assume you're a Cubs fan. But oh, no, no. We're Cubs fan, man. We, we, you, got, you got it right. And uh, I love that you got Cubs fans working for you because that means you got smart people working for you. <laughs> he has a big Cubs jersey on the back of his, uh, his 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 chair in his office. So nice. And, and our business manager has a huge Cardinals banner oh, on her that's door. Oh, that's not as good. There's something <laughs> wrong with that. That's not as good. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ed, it's a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for taking well, time. And uh, good thanks to talk for... to you as well. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. Ed Stetzer, author of Christians in the Age of Outrage: How to Bring Our Best When the World is at its worst. By the way, before we go to our break, I do want to, um, this reminds me, there's a movie coming out called The Best of Enemies. It's coming out the first week of April, the 5th, actually. It's um, a timely, untold, true story of the unlikely relationship and later friendship between fearless activist Ann Atwater and C.P. Ellis. He was actually the head of the Ku Klux Klan, a local leader in that area. And... It's about them coming together to initiate change in their community in uh, Durham, North Carolina. It's a drama, as you might imagine, uh, but it inspires a sense of optimism that the divisiveness within our current times perhaps can be healed. So it's a it's something you may want to put on your radar. Features actually uh, Academy Award nominee Taraji uh, P. Henson and Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. And so think about that. April 5th, it's a Friday when that's going to open up. I'm sure we'll chat about that between now and then. And um, it looks like a, I've seen some trailers for it. It looks very powerful and and, uh, and an emotionally charged in a good way because you want it to be bringing about good, right? So it's called The Best of Enemies. Keep an ear out for that and an eye out for that Friday, April 5th at a local theater near you. All right, short break. And then we're welcoming aboard Pastor Raul Reese, who is the uh, one with this uh, Somebody Loves You program we have every weekday from 1030 to 11. And uh, also 8.30 in the evening, or 8 in the evening, I should say, 8 to 8.30. Pastor Raul Reese joining us from California. Just a few moments here. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 4.30 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Going down to 33 tonight, clear skies, tomorrow lots of sunshine, high 50. Flyers over Pittsburgh yesterday in overtime, 2-1. Sixers beat Milwaukee, 131-25. Joel Embiid with 40 points. And the Phils lost to the Yankees. And then this afternoon, they also lost again, this time to the Cardinals, 4-1. It is spring training. They're working the bugs out. And uh, we'll see. We have reason for optimism. We are welcoming aboard now and our privilege to bring on Pastor Raul Reese with Somebody Loves You Ministry. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for checking in today. No, thank you. Yeah. So are you a sports fan as long as we're on the topic? At baseball. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Padres, Giants, Dodgers, California teams, or no? Uh, Dodgers. <laughs> That's a good answer. They've got a great team. Yeah. Well, most folks may well, not. You guys, got, you guys, the Phillies got a good person, too. <laughs> it's true. We've got, we had a, a nice offseason. The Dodgers have been close, and they've had a, a great history, of course. So, Yes. Yeah. Well, and folks may not know on that topic that not every pastor we have on this program has the the uh, experience you do uh, in uh, it's kung fu, right? You are yes, uh-huh. <laughs> kung fu sensu. <laughs> that doesn't come into play with church discipline, does it? Not really. Well, you know what? Sometimes it does. No, you're <laughs> just kidding you. <laughs> Well, you just choke them out and you carry them out. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then no one, no one ever does it again. Nobody knows. Yeah. yeah right. Well, the, the ministry has uh, somebody loves you. The pro radio program has been on WFIL for many years, and it's actually our ministry of the month. Every month we feature a different one, and so we're glad to tie in our conversation with you and uh, with with that ministry of the month feature. And this month, uh, as part of that, we're giving away courtesy of your ministry, a free CD that features 13 studies on the book of Ephesians. Um, wow. Yeah. So thank you for providing those, passing those out. Hey, no, thank you guys. Yeah. And there's also the book, Somebody Loves You, a growth book that you've written. I know you've written tons of yeah. books. Can you remember them all? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks would, folks would like to enter. They can find out all the details on our homepage at WFIL.com. And again, they can catch the Somebody Loves You with Pastor Raw weekday mornings at 1030, also 8 in the evening. How many years do you, has the radio aspect of Somebody Loves You Ministries been going? Would, do you, oh, it, it used to be matter for today. Then we changed to Somebody Loves You. Probably we've been on the radio for 40 years. 40 years. Wow. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah, 40 years. What do you remember why uh, or, or, or how that the beginning of it came about? Why? I mean, that, that maybe come dove, dovetails out of your testimony. We can come back to this this question later. But uh, just initially, do you remember what it was that? Yeah, that you know to- what? We, uh, Pastor Chuck and Greg Laurie, myself, we were trying to look for, you know, a station they would pick us up. I, excuse me, I started in my garage with a, with a little, you know, a little a recorder. And then I went to a station uh, here in Pomona, and then uh, K-Bright came on, you know, on the scene with uh, Rich Mueller. And so Greg, myself, and Chuck got under, and it became historical. They took us all over the United States. Wow. And then it grew. And got, now it's hundreds all over the place, which is great. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> we never expected that. Well, without the Lord obviously getting a hold of you and, and any of us, there's no— Somebody Loves You Ministries, there's no Somebody Loves You Radio, or, you know, so share, if you would, to give people, a, you know, a, an opportunity to understand a little bit of your background, where you came from, and, and uh, your your family life, and how God got a hold of your heart. Sure. My grandparents were from Spain. My father was in Mexico. My grandpa was German. His dad was German. So I'm all mixed up. I'm <laughs> the only one in my family that has an accent, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So I, we lived in Mexico City for uh, 10 years. Then we came to uh, America because my dad was an alcoholic. He had a great job, but he used to beat on my mom. Mm-hmm. So I had all this hatefulness. So we moved here. Three years later, my dad talked to my mom. He come. He came up here again. Kinda, he worked for the Bank of America, mom for Union Bank. But he continued to drink, to do things that he shouldn't. 
So I grew up with a lot of hate. You know, trying. I said, you know, my goal is to kill my dad. That's my goal because I had so much hate for him. Wow. And uh, 1966, I was graduating, and I joined the Marine Corps during the Vietnam scene. And so I went to the Marines, went to Vietnam. It came back from Vietnam very bitter, very... Um, I got locked up for six months when I came back from Vietnam at Oakland Naval Hospital. And so finally, they saw my condition. They released me. And then I went to Camp Pendleton for a couple months. And then they gave me my honorable discharge, and they let me out. So what happens at that time, I'm, you know, my wife, we went to school together. So we kept writing in Vietnam. I came home. Uh, she got pregnant. I married her. She was she was a daughter of missionaries, which was, you know, I mean, she was just shocked that that happened. But she got pregnant, and then for four and a half years, uh, I beat my wife like my dad. But you know, I didn't drink or drugs, but I was very violent and very angry. Hmm. Pastor Raul Reese is our guest uh, with the Somebody Loves You radio ministry that you've heard on WFL for many years. And again, you can catch that weekday mornings at 1030, also weeknights at 8 o'clock. And so w- would you say that the... A lot of the, um, in, in, to sum it up, maybe the the anger part of the childhood, was it primarily because of your dad o- overall? Yeah, you know what? Because of my dad, but when I went to Vietnam, I really lost it. You know, mm. I mean, it was just one of those things. I, we lost 41 guys, you know, and, I, and it was real hard for me to see that. I was wounded twice in God's prayer. I didn't know what God was going to use my life, so God spared my life. And so when I came back home, you know, to the States, I came and I was my mind was really messed up, so I spent six months. They sent me to Camp Pendleton. They, they couldn't keep me, but they gave me an honorable discharge. They didn't want to send me back second tour, so I got out, and that's when I married my wife. She got pregnant, and then all hell broke loose. Yeah. It, 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 as a quick parenthesis, did you have some uh, church background, some seeds with the, no. of the Lord? Uh-uh. Nothing. None. Nothing. Wow. Okay, because sometimes you hear at least you have a little bit. My wife was a missionary. They were missionaries. Her, that was from Nebraska, and her, him and his mom went to South America, to Colombia, to be missionaries. My wife was born here, but she spent most of the time in the mission station. Okay. So how did God get a hold of you then at that point? Was it, I mean, primarily through your wife, and what, what led well, to you? The you Lord know getting, what? Yeah. Her, her grandma and grandpa, her mom and dad were praying for me. I didn't know that. Because what happened, I had no con- no conviction before that. And two years before I came to the Lord, I began to see my you know my life. I was getting convicted about things that I never did. So then later on, I found out that prayer does that. And then I came to know the Lord. I was going to kill my wife, and the Lord came in that night, got a hold of my life, and changed my life. Wow! Only God, only our God could do that to take the only anger. God. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, If you can hang on a moment, we just have a short break we need to take, but we want to continue the conversation. And we're going to come back and chat with Pastor Raul Reese and see from that time of conversion how God got a hold of him and how he has used him now to reach uh, thousands and thousands and millions around the world over the past 40 years. It's Tim DeMoss Show. Back in just a moment, you're listening in on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL WFIL.com. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 439 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. The Tim DeMoss Show continues along. We're privileged to have Pastor Raul Reese 
Senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs, also president of Somebody Loves You Ministries, including the radio program, Somebody Loves You, which airs on WFIL each weekday at 10.30 a.m. and 8 p.m. And uh, Somebody Loves You, our ministry of the month for March. Find out more on our our homepage, WFIL.com. Can you take us through the early days then after the Lord got a hold of you? What was it like? Because it sounds like you're almost a modern-day Saul Paul, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what? When when I started a ministry, it started with my wife, probably not talking to me, not trust me for about a year. But she saw that I bought a Bible. I began to read. We went to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, with Pastor Chuck. I began to get rooted and grounded in God's Word. Never thought I didn't want. To, I hated pastors. Never thought I would be a pastor. Mm-hmm. So when I was with Chuck, you know, he asked me to be part of his board. As I got on his board, I began to just really learn a lot through his teaching and to the point where I would start uh, start teaching at my Kung Fu school. I had a Bible study. From there, we moved over to a Fox Theater, a movie theater. From there, we moved to a Safeway store. And now we're here for 27 years in Diamond Bar in this beautiful building God gave us. Amen. Amen. I, I read somewhere that your wife wasn't totally convinced you were the real deal early on. Yes, she wasn't. <laughs> How long did it take for her to, to not raise an about eyebrow? Eight months. Eight about months? eight months when she began to see me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds it sounds like you're you know very engaging kind of person, dynamic kind of person, so it might take someone a little bit of a while to make sure that, yeah, yeah, he's real. It's good. <laughs> yes, for sure. She, she always, you know, she was watching my life. And, you know, a lot of people say they're born again. But I, I, when I got saved, I was saved. I never looked back on my life. I always looked to the front, and I always looked to the future. Even in my teaching today, you know, I, there's nothing like Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, you know, you've been serving the Lord for many, many years now. If you step back a bit at this point in your life, what would you say, you know, might be on the on the foreground of your heart or your mind about the gospel, about what matters, uh, as you not sum it up, but if you, what you might share with people to think, you know, looking looking back over these years? I, I think looking back in the years is to be in the Word every morning, you know, in the evenings, and, and studying God's Word so I could be able to teach people. But I learned something, that before I teach, the Lord has to teach me so I can give His message. Otherwise, why, why should I teach? And that's been something in my life that I've learned, to spend time in prayer, to spend time reading, to spend time with my family, and also with the family of God, you know, the congregation. We've always had the blessing of having a big church, which has been, I never expected that. You know, I don't ask for money. I don't know all that. People come to learn the Word of God. That, that, it sounds, it's almost like the, what was the movie, if you build it, they will come. If you preach it, they will come. If, if you're yes. giving them God's truth. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat, you know, to sit here Sunday and watch, you know, our three services filled and Wednesday night's teaching through the Bible. Right now I'm doing a series on the Holy Spirit. And, and you watch people come in here with all their problem situations. I always say this. You came here this morning, okay, with all kinds of situation problems. I want you to leave here with every problem solved because of Christ. Pastor Raul Reese is our guest, checking in from California today, home base for the ministry, Somebody Loves You, and also Somebody Loves You, uh, the radio program you can catch every weekday morning, 1030, also in the evening at 8 o'clock. Uh, is there a verse or two, you know, obviously you, you've read Scripture for years, uh, is there a verse or two or three that you, you think of often, uh, whatever for whatever reason, maybe that comes and goes in seasons, but... Uh, is there one that yeah, you out? know what? Uh, Pastor Chuck uh, taught me something. I'm going to read it. 
uh, it's a, a scripture that I, I put in a Bibles when they ask me to put something. Yeah. It's in chapter, let's see, third, uh, let me get my glasses here. Sure, it's take your third time. John, uh, third John verse 4, he says, I could have no greater joy than to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, take your time. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. I think that's that's something that's you know, as a father with his children, as a grandfather with his grandchildren too. Amen. Speaking of uh, of that relationship and father, you know, I wonder if you could speak to folks who are listening who have had a relationship. Maybe it's with their father. Perhaps it could be their mother or parents, and or both of them. Um, the yeah, dynamic. Know, my, my re- yeah, my relationship with my mom and dad was, yeah. you know, the way I shared it. But as my mom got older, she lived to be 93, and I had to take care of her. I, I learned more to love her more than ever before when she was sick, and I asked her to forgive me for everything that I did to her. Hmm. My dad died at 73 from a heart attack, and I, I saw the same thing. They both accepted Christ. And now when I look at my sons, you know, serving the Lord, and then watch my grandkids, I just get so blessed by the Lord that one day, when my wife and I are gone, you know, she has cancer, that the Lord's going to follow up with my kids and my grandkids, which are just amazing. You know, I encourage people out there, don't ever give up. My son Ryan, 17 years on drugs completely, and then one day he gave his life back to the Lord, and God's using them now with the whosoever's. Amen. And there's the, the prayer, right? Faithful prayer? And- yeah. Prayer, prayer. How about your your uh, relationship with them in terms of just how do, how would you describe how you have sought to love, like you love your son along the way? Well, you know, I, I look at my kids, and for sure I don't want them to go to hell, you know. And so my wife and I, we prayed all the time. I got a call from uh, Panama, uh, Panama in South America, Central America, that my son was going to die. He, he was a captain of our, our team, the uh, skateboarding team. He went everywhere in the world. He was taking drugs big time. Hmm. So they thought he was going to OD. So when they called me, my wife and I dropped our knees and we started praying. And two days later, my son went to his room, got a Bible, started reading it, came home, accepted Christ, and now God's used him all over the world. Amen. Amen. Well, and, and on your dad's thing, the concept of uh, forgiveness, too, or how to talk about that aspect. I'm sure there are people listening who have a relationship yeah. with a father or a mother who hurt them. And yeah. they and they love the, 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 the crazy dichotomy of I love you. You're my dad. But, man, I hate you because of what you did or I'm struggling with hating and I don't want to. Did you how did you process that? And how did the Lord help you with that with your dad? When I start reading the God's love, I thought, you know, if if I can, if God loves me, I need to love other people. And I've learned to love my enemies as myself. It has been cool because I practice that with my kids. You know, I didn't have to tell them. They begin to see that I love them. They begin to see that her, you know, my wife and myself, we really love the Lord and we love them and we pray for them. It has been a real neat relationship, you know, that God has given to us. Pastor Raul Reese, our guest, uh, he's the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs, also president of Somebody Loves You Ministries, and of course the program Somebody Loves You on WFIL. It's been on for years, every weekday morning at 10.30, available, also 8 in the evening. Do you have a few more minutes? We have one more last break to take, and then we'll yeah, of wrap course. Okay, very good. We'll just take our final break of the show, and then we'll bring back Pastor Raul Reese and wrap up our conversation here. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for listening in today.
Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 451 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Continue our conversation with Pastor Raul Reese with Somebody Loves You. As you heard the little promo there, it's our ministry of the month for March, and we're very privileged to have Pastor Raul on with us to coincide with that. Uh, I was thinking, you know, we're having a pastor's appreciation breakfast coming up in about a month, maybe five weeks or six weeks from now. And I thought it might be helpful if you could just help people listening to understand a little bit about the life of a pastor, whether it's the biggest challenge you have or what it's like to be on your side of things. And and uh, so they can better appreciate, you know, how can I come to church? How can I be a part of the church in a way that's a blessing uh, to my pastor? Yeah. You know, I mean, first of all, being a pastor is a calling of God, and when you have a call of God, you love the people. And I would say to the people, you know what, go to church and then learn the Word of God so God can not only help you, you can help other people. Uh, we have a Calvary Chapel, Joe Forge, there in Philadelphia, which is so awesome. We've known each other for 40-some years. And you get into a church that teaches the Word of God, then you develop, you grow, and then you can not only help other people, but you're going to see your growth in your own personal life. Hmm. It makes a lot of sense. And then you're carrying the responsibility together. Yes. Yes. The body of Christ. <laughs> what would you say as far as for pastors who are listening, uh, words of wisdom for them as far as how to how to lead well and wisely? The, the way to live well, to be in the word of God every morning, to make sure you spend time with God so that God can speak through you and you're not just speaking. And that's, that comes about, you know, when you get up in the morning, you know, to get on our face before God and way before God so that He can speak to us. And I say, read through the Bible. You know, I'm going chapter by chapter in my devotions. What I do is I ask God to speak to me personally, and I write down how He speaks to my heart or mark the Scripture, and that's the way I've lived my life for 40-some years. The act of writing sounds like, uh, yeah. is, is you know, uh, whatever the word, you know, helps to be yeah. concrete. So, yes. So would you? So do you actually have some? I mean, lots of books or journals you can look back and see God's faithfulness in that way too. And what He's yeah, taught you. I have a journal with my family, you know, and myself, and I look back at my uh, the way I failed God, you know, the help that I needed from God, and I'm just real normal with Him. You know, Lord, this situation came in my life. I'm going through this thing. I don't know what to do, Lord. What do you, What can I do, Lord? And, and it's kind of like a prayer. And then you know, He He, he speaks to my heart. I know uh, you mentioned earlier, we talked about it a bit, uh, just when you were younger and the anger you felt toward your dad and and going to Vietnam and kind of maybe uh, accelerating that or bringing out even exacerbating it. Uh, what have you learned just about that topic, about anger and how to, you know, Proverbs talks about keeping under control. And if you're not, you're like a wall without a city without walls. What have you learned about how to how to be self-controlled over the years and what God's taught you. About I'll be, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I still have times when I'm angry and I can't control it. And I have to go to the Lord and ask him to help me because there's probably a lot of people out there. They're looking for perfection and hmm. it doesn't work. It's, it's actually dying to yourself, submitting to your Lordship of Christ. And then when you get angry, what I like to do sometimes is just take a walk so God can speak to me. That's what I do. Hmm. I'm writing notes down because I struggle with that also. I me too. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I think sometimes, correct me if I'm wrong, I think sometimes that when I know when I get angry, I feel just overwhelmed. I have a lot of things going on, and I'm still yeah. responsible. I, it's yeah. not like, oh, I'm so busy. Excuse me. Yeah. But I think it stems but from you a— know, I, Yeah. I, 
I feel bad because, you know, I, I quench the Holy Spirit, you know, I grieve it, and I know God's patient, and I, I don't want to do that, but I'm human, you know, and I have no excuse for it, so I have to ask the Lord, Lord, please help me, please, I need your help. Amen. That's a good word. Pastor Raul Reese, uh, kind enough to take a little time out of his very busy day to spend time with us. He's the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs, president of Somebody Loves You Ministries, including the radio program Somebody Loves You, which is our ministry of the month for March on WFIL. You can catch it 10.30 a.m. and 8 p.m. How can people pray for you? Just pray. You know, I have a help problem, so you guys can pray for me. I have seizures for the last 12 years. I don't pass out, but I can't speak and I can't read for about a minute or two. So I ask you guys to pray for me for that. Amen. Amen. Let's do that. And uh, also, just as a side note, because we've touched on a few interesting aspects of who you are as a person and your in your journey with the Lord. You have several books that folks could read up uh, to learn more about your testimony, right? As well as, yeah. uh, the, right? So if Fury to Freedom was the very first of the books, I think? Yes, it was, with okay. a movie. Okay, and that's your testimony. But then there was also, uh, wasn't there a book that had to do with your time in uh, in Vietnam? It's, it's called Taking the Hill. That's It's a documentary we did. Okay. So that's another because that's a, I mean, that's we didn't you know get it a whole lot into that. But if you have a, a brief word on just any insight or how people can appreciate what it's like for someone yeah. who serves overseas. I would love to, you know, to give to the veterans that that documentary, because I found three guys in my platoon after 47 years. And we went to the wall together and it was just a transformation. Two of them came to the Lord. One of them just passed away. But it's so awesome. I want the veterans to know that I love them and God can help them. Amen. And lastly, I know uh, you mentioned Pastor Joe Foch, who was actually on the program a few months ago. It's great to have him on. Uh, and and uh, there's a whole history, too. Isn't there a book about the history <laughs> yeah. of Calvary Chapel? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, it's that, so awesome to see what God has done. Yeah. A, a venture in faith, I think, is the name of yes. that. Oh, yeah. Venture of faith. You got to, yeah, for sure. That's a way of people finding out more about the whole the whole deal there. Yes. So Good. Well, it's a privilege having you on. And uh, Lord, I pray for Pastor Roy right now for his seizures he was talking about. I pray for Thank strength for so him much. and your encouragement for him. And we bless his ministry. And we give him wisdom Thanks. how to spend his time, too. Amen. Amen, my friend. Thanks. God bless you. Thanks for taking time out of your day. And God bless you. We love Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> we love having you on here. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. It's Pastor Raul Reese, the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs, uh, and also president of Somebody Loves You Ministries. And uh, he had a miraculous conversion in the early 70s and then began to read his Bible. And the Lord just took it from there. And if you've been listening to our conversation, it came back multiple times. The importance of the daily discipline— of just opening God's word up and reading and uh, talking to him. And uh, he also shared about journaling and the importance of putting things down on paper. I can tell you that our family has done that in a different way when it comes to things we're thankful for. We've had a season in our lives where for a number of years, we actually at the dinner table would just go around the table and say, what's something you're thankful for? And before long, we had 10 or 15 things from that very day. And now I can open that book up and say, I forgot about that. I forgot. And you have thousands of things. Could be something very simple, like food to eat, chair to sit in, a warm uh, you know, room or bed to sleep in on a cold night. But you also see things that God did. And I encourage that and commend that practice to you as well. So uh, reminder, by the way, as we wrap our time up, the podcast of this program will be up shortly, and you'll be able to listen back through that. We also had author Ed Stetzer, who wrote a book 
uh, called uh, Christians in the Age of Outrage and how to bring our best when the world's at its worst. So check that out at WFIL.com. And uh, not just, of course, today, but any day that we've been on in the past seven or eight months, you're welcome to help yourself. We'll turn things over now to Jim Maxim, Max 413 Ministries. He'll lead in prayer next. Thanks for listening in today, WFIL. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.